Before we start this show, just a word from our sponsor. 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest that pro wrestling has had to offer. Along with their awesome line of pro wrestling apparel, they do offer many services. In the world of wrestling, there are hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads. Don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. If you would like to discuss possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or whatever, drop them a line. Go to 20 by 20 apparel. That's the number 20 X, the number 20 apparel.com. Now let's get to the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bum me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my asses. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. On Fresh of the Word, we like to deliver wisdom through the great stories from the minds of bright creatives of pop culture. Through those stories, we like to dissect the journey of our guests and present actionable lessons and advice for our listeners, no matter what career or avenue of artistry they pursue. And this is episode 108. And this week's guest is Jaden Panesso, frontman of the Queens, New York-based metalcore band Siler. The band just released their third album, Seasons, on October 5th and are currently on tour with Beartooth and Knocked Loose. During our chat, we talked about touring with the Insane Clown Posse and Attila, the mind state of touring, how playing the songs live goes into making of the music, progression of the band, the new album, using music to overcome fears, being a family man, their connection to the fans, their metal influences, his hip-hop influences, and how growing up in Queens molded him. And before we get into this interview, I definitely want to give a shout out to Knox Money, Bang Belushi, and Foulmouth for the theme for Fresh is the Word. And I also want to remind you how you can support the podcast. At any time, if you want to send me a question, you can always uh, email me at djkfresh at gmail.com. Or you can also send me an audio note on the Anchor app. And also, you can always go to freshthepodcast.com and share any links that you see on the website of any episodes on your social media. And also, you can go, you can subscribe to Fresh of the Word pretty much anywhere. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher Radio, Mixcloud, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Podbean, and Radio Public. 
just type in fresh the word and it'll come up and if you can uh leave a rating or review on any of those that'd be great especially on apple podcast and if i see something i'll definitely shout you out on the podcast and you can also follow me on twitter and instagram at kelly omega fresh and at facebook at facebook.com slash k fresh and also you can follow fresh the word online at twitter at fitw podcast instagram at fresh the word podcast and on facebook at facebook.com slash fresh the podcast all right let's get on to the interview with Jaden panasso of the band siler yeah to start things off i um first came about uh siler during the 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 Attila Insane Clown Posse tour. I was, uh, oh, I was, nice. yeah, I was there on the uh, the show when you came to uh, Detroit. Uh, it seemed like the crowd was really uh, into you guys. You know, how was it uh, being on that tour, dude? Honestly, it was so crazy because, like, I don't know, it just felt like one of those tours that just like fell in our laps. It was like it was kind of like a blessing because to me, it's like, I don't know, to me, anytime they were giving the chance to like go play in front of a crowd that we usually would never play in front of. To me, that's a full blessing. Right. So like when we got that tour, I knew that was, that's what it was going to be. You know, I knew we would bring some fans and stuff, or, you know, especially people that also like Attila, but I knew it was going to be a whole new crowd. And I was just very skeptical regardless of like how cool it was going to be. And man, it just, that shit just blew my mind. It, it, it ended up being so cool. You know, like people that support this act are really supportive. Bro. It's crazy. Like, I don't know. You can just tell how much support they put into the stuff they like, and we got that type of support on that tour. You know what I mean? Like, we're like a metal rock band coming into, like, an ICP tour, and the fact that they showed us so much love, it was crazy. And not to mention how different it was than, ever, than everything else we're used to doing, usually, you know? So it was pretty sick, man. I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was just a whole new thing for us. So the crowds were pretty receptive uh, throughout the tour? Yeah. Yeah, no, they were. They were. I mean, a lot of them would just come up to me after. I, I mean, if I was walking to the venue, it would be like people would come up to me and be like, bro, let me buy your shot. That shit was awesome. Like, reminds me of the bands I listened to growing up when I first got into ICP, et cetera, et cetera. So they were cool, man. Very receptive. Very supportive. And I mean, it already goes to show because, like, this is the, this is the uh, next tour we've done since ICP. And, uh, I mean, we're not even, like, halfway through, and we've already seen a bunch of juggalos come support us at the show. So. I gotta say it's a success for sure. When you're going into a, a tour like that, where you're you're a little skeptical, not you know, it's a crowd that you haven't uh, played in front of before. What kind of goes through your mind? How do you plan to go out to do a tour like that? See, the thing is, it's just like you always. I don't know. My thing is just like, man, what kind of uh, what kind of sellers are we gonna put together? What kind of attitude am I gonna like? Everything, I don't know, a lot of times these thoughts are crossing my mind. I'm like, what am I going to do to please this crowd? And then honestly, man, what I just realized is relate with these people, man. And at the end of the day, I just realized that it's just never worth it not being yourself. And that's like, that's that's literally with the mentality that we went to that tour. So I was just like, I'm going to do me. The rest of the band's going to do them. And we're just going to be uh, Siler. And, yeah, we got a good response. So, I mean, I guess they like who we are, you know. So that's just how I've been taking everything that comes our way it's just always worth it to just be us and that, that even goes into making a record you know it, it was just it's, it's us it's, it's, it's who we are you know thinking about that how do you kind of go about you know doing shows or tours with you know bands that you are used to or crowds that you're you are used to maybe with some like like-minded bands how do you go into those tours and so those tours to be honest at this point man it feels good because you kind of know what to expect you know what I mean? Like, you do know what to expect. 
So it almost it, it's it's weird because it almost feels safer. And it does. I'm not gonna lie. It does feel a bit more comfortable because I just feel like oh, a lot of our fans are here. Uh, they 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 know what kind of show to expect. But dude, at this point, regardless regardless of what tour we go into, it's just about being us. Have you been able to uh, work in more of the new album into uh, the shows? Yeah, I mean, we're actually playing three new songs on uh, on the set. I mean, we were able to squeeze seven songs into a 30-minute set with, like, breaks and me talking. So out of the seven, you know, we played three of them that are brand new. And, uh, I mean, they're going well. I mean, like our first single, and I think when, when that thing comes on, it seems like a lot of people know the lyrics really well. So it's it's cool, man. It's It's, it's going great. It's definitely a bit of a change of pace, you know what I mean? But I've always I've always believed our band is a lot heavier and a lot more energetic live. It's like a whole different ballgame than when you listen to the record. So, yeah, it's a, you know, it has a bit of a different vibe from the last record, but it's, it's still getting people going, and people seem to enjoy uh, the new song vibe, too. So I was definitely stoked on that. Yeah, saying that uh, you believe that the band's heavier live, you know, how does that sort of mind state go into when you're making the music, recording the music, in comparison to how you're going to play it live? It's just always, man, I mean, there's so many times where you can be playing super tight, right? I feel like the whole band could be tight, but if you're not, if you're not putting out a certain energy, then you're just, it's just not there. You're not fully there with the, with the songs and that's what I've noticed a lot. I mean, a lot of times we'll write a song and I listen to it and I'm just like, oh, I already know what kind of stuff we can do live for the song. I already know what kind of vibe it's going to bring. So I always try, I always also try to think ahead. I mean, in earlier records, I would always just like, I would write a lot in the studio and then I would go into the booth and do all these insane amount of vocals and then realize I couldn't really do them as easily as I wanted to live. So now that, you know, we're a bit mature, we've been doing it for a couple of years. Now I'd like to, think a lot more of what we're going to put on the record just because we also have, we, we want to be able to play every song live and flawlessly you know what I mean so there's a lot more thought processing uh, into these songs nowadays yeah as you mentioned that band. yeah as you mentioned that that is like sort of a uh you know a corner that a lot of you know frontman put themselves in doesn't matter you know what era of music is like can are you going to be able to perform these songs live 10, 20, right. 30 years from now. So how does that sort of like go into your songwriting now? It goes into my song, man, because like, I don't know. So obviously, I mean, I don't know how much you've heard of discography, but when we first started as a band, you know, we were, we, we were heavier. We were, uh, we were more screen based and like, that was like the lead of our vocal work. Right. So like, I just, I've reached a point where I just don't feel like I need to scream every single thing I want to say. I feel like I want to use my screaming and stuff when I really want to make a point, when I really want to deliver that feel and like that emotion or convey like a certain anger issue or whatever I have, you know what I mean? And at the same time, I'm thinking of that, man, it's just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to have to like go and scream an entire set 10 years from now, personally. You know what I mean? I feel like I just personally don't. I know there's some guys out there that are like even older than that and they're still doing it and fucking, you know, all pro- my hat's off to them. But I personally didn't find myself wanting to do that. And to me, it's just like, when I when I just scream on the record, and I mean, at least that's what my current state of mind is. I want I want people to listen. And like, when I do scream on the record, I want them to understand it. I'm like really trying to make that part powerful. I want the screams to actually mean a, a lot more than just of them just going through the entire record. You know what I mean? At least that's just how I see about our band, you know? Right. 
now you know with the uh, seasons you are you know three full length records deep and yeah. when you look you know when you look back to when you first started what sort of like pops in your mind like what are some of the good memories of the early uh years of this band it's dude i think i don't know i think i think i mostly think of the things we're doing now and how it's so crazy because I, I started the band with my guys we like obviously we had all these dreams and goals and stuff and it's weird, man. We didn't think we were going to get past a lot of this stuff we're doing now. You know, like a lot of our dreams were like, hey, let's tour or let's tour with these couple bands and like, you know, get signed. Like, those were because we didn't just like, we didn't get together and like get put together by like industry people. Like, we were just a straight up like nobody band, just kids from like the city that just started this and hopped in a van and tried to tour. You know what I mean? Like, we were just kids. So, you had all these dreams and stuff. And I just think about that, man. I think about like dreaming about certain things and how much we've exceeded a lot more of those things. And it's just, it, it feels literally insane. That's why everything we get is so exciting for us. Cause we just, we've worked so hard for that. And I always just think of that of how, you know, how clueless we were about this whole thing, you know, making music, uh, being a touring artist, being people, man, we were like fresh out of high school. You know, it's just crazy. It's, it's nuts to think about all that stuff. Yeah, I saw a uh, quote from you in regards to the new album, and it said that this is for the ones who can't speak, for the ones who are too scared to dream. How do those words, you know, how are those words personal to you, and how are those words, you know, connected to your audience? They're so personal to me, man, because, I mean, for starters, it's like, dude, I, I'm, not even, I'm not even kidding. I can't, to this day sometimes, I still can't even believe that I have the guts to stand on stage with a microphone and talk to hundreds or thousands of people, whatever it is that we're playing in front of that night. Dude, I swear to God, it's unbelievable because like I was a kid who, if I had to, you know, if I had a class presentation coming up, I'd have like anxiety. I'd be basically shooting myself. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. The anxiety wouldn't let me. I was, I was nervous wrecked, dude. Like I couldn't do any of that. So like to see myself go from being that person to now being able to do the kind of stuff I do, it's like, almost really inspiring to me just to look at it it just makes me believe that you know if you really want to do something you just have to like defy the fears and at the same time i feel like our fears is what makes make us people you know what i mean i feel like that's what's so interesting and that's why things feel so exciting when we do them because like when you overcome those like those fears i just feel like there's a massive high that gets released right and the way it really it, it, like relates to our fans is just like when i was writing these songs I was just writing lyrics and, you know, whether I was pissed or sad, I was just legit writing my feelings. And I never, I don't know, I never got into a band trying to be like this sort of like role model or anything. You know what I mean? Like I was just writing my feelings and portraying the message down flawed, just like we all are, right? So like throughout the years of being in this band and releasing new music, it's just really nuts how a massive, a massive part of the crowd that follows our band or people that deal with a lot of, uh, you know, social anxiety issues, uh, depression, bipolar issues, or, you know, I can go on forever with that. And right. I just knew that people would relate to that feeling because I've heard people tell me that before. And I, I felt like that. I felt like I felt scared to go to the next step. You know what I mean? Even, even while being in the band, I was afraid to like even go bigger because I was so just scared all the time. You know what I mean? And it's still, it's still a thing, man. I'm still, I'm still afraid. You know what I mean? And it's just something that, I try to overcome daily, but I don't know. That's why those lyrics mean so much to me. I just, yeah, that's why I'm out with it. 
How are you able to get past those fears that would eventually get you up on stage? I mean, luckily by now, from doing it for a couple, you know, for a couple of years, I've learned how to control my nerves better and just, you know, put myself in the right state of mind. But dude, just about two years ago, like, you know, before any set, you cast me like far away from everybody. You know, like I couldn't be in a good environment where everyone's like in the dressing room having some shots or drinks and like listening to music before playing. I had to like legit just like pull myself away from everyone and just have to like almost meditate and like calm myself because my anxiety was real bad. And, you know, and even on stage, like, when a song would stop and I would have to speak to the crowd, I would just like freeze up. And it's something I've worked on and I've, you know, I feel like I've overcame a lot of it, but it's just, it's just a lot of like self-control and just like, you know, talking to myself, something that's, that I just keep getting better at because I was just a mess. So there's definitely a lot of progress when it comes to that, but it's just, it's just more in my mind and always trying to separate myself from everything else and making sure I'm centered before I play a set. You know, with being a touring band and also just dealing with your own personal sort of fears about going on stage, how do you sort of keep your own mental health in check when you're always, you know, on the go? Uh, luckily, I mean, honestly, a big part that's kept me, I don't know, I guess more sane and more sure and better is the fact that, like, you know, I have a girl at home who's been with me through this whole thing and has kept me, like, in check. I honestly... I don't know where I would have been if I didn't have someone to like look over me like that and like help me out. And I don't know. She's always like, she's just always something I think about getting back home, especially now that we just had a daughter. You know what I mean? So it's like, dude, my family just keeps me going big time. It's like, I spent a lot of my time on touring. I'm, I'm going to be honest. It's like fucking party. You know what I mean? Doing it all. I was just, I'm like a young kid touring the world. You know, I, was, I went crazy. I wanted to do it all. Now I'm at a point in my career where I'm just like, I'm still having fun, but there's just different priorities. And this means so much to me. And thinking about my daughter and my girl, my family, it's just like, it's just a thing that really keeps me in check. You know what I mean? It's like, it's always that voice in the back of my head. And it's almost like every time I do something in the band, it's just like, I want to make them proud. You know what I mean? That's, that's helped me a lot. Right. How has having a daughter, you know, gone into your songwriting? Well, it was big time because one of our new songs, um, the song No Way, it's, uh, it's actually about my situation because uh, I was home for the first like two to three months of the pregnancy, but directly after that, I was gone the entire time. And, you know, I did a, I, I did that whole ICP tour. And we went straight into, I had 12 hours off and flew straight to Europe for five weeks to do another tour. I got back home for four days. Then I had to go to California for two months to record this album. And dude, it was just, it was tough. It was tough because, you know, my my girl was at home by herself dealing with all of this and a lot of times I just felt like, Oh, this is gonna fall apart and at the same time it was just like you know, when I wrote that song Open Wounds, it was just I just felt like my whole life was just so intense at that moment, you know. I had just when I was having a baby and even though it was like one of the most exciting things in my life, it's also terrifying. You know what I mean? Especially right. for a tour musician, you know, twenty six years old, it's like I'm just freaking out because obviously I don't want to miss any of it. And uh, at that point, it's where, you know, you got to make a decision. I know a lot of guys would have uh, essentially just even stopped touring because of their child, you know what I mean? And to me, it's like, not going to lie, like that thought didn't cross my mind, obviously, because once you're in that moment of like panic, you, you don't know what to think, you know? But to <laughs> right. me, it's just like, it's 
to me, it was just like, dude, I can't ever like quit this because she's here. I just have to go that extra step, work harder because I want to look at her one day and be like, hey, you can actually like chase your dreams. You know what I mean? Chase your dreams and not give up. I can't ever say that to my daughter with like a straight face knowing that I quit for whatever reason because I was scared. You know what I mean? So that's like, that's played a massive role with the band. I was just, it's just been a, a massive thing. But now it's like, if I was inspired to do stuff before, now it's like I'm even more inspired because I want her to grow up being proud of me. I want her to like, think her dad is the fucking most badass coolest dude in the world. You know what I mean? So that like, <laughs> that's like a new thing that keeps me going, man. That's like straight up. Yeah, that is a common predicament that a lot of musicians, touring musicians, uh, get into. Uh, a family starts to happen. Uh, how did how were you able to sort of keep everything together with your family as you know you're waiting for your child to get born? How are you able to uh, keep everything together while you're on tour? I mean, dude, honestly, one of the biggest tools, which is gonna be hilarious, is honestly, thank God for FaceTime. Right. Because if it wasn't for FaceTime, man, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. I'm missing. You know, my daughter is about to be, to be three months old. I've been on tour for three weeks. And, you know, these weeks are so crucial. And I know I'm missing a couple things, but a big thing, man, is also how strong my girl is at home. You know what I mean? She's staying at home with the baby. And that's just, to me, like, the biggest thing. Because I, at least at night when I go to bed and I'm not home next to them, I know that she's, like, taking care of her. You know what I mean? I know my, I, I know my daughter is taken care of and it's, 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 I'm just glad that I have a person in my life that's willing to deal with my type of lifestyle and, you know, was able to, to like hold it down at home. And at the same time, man, I just feel like if I was partying the way I used to party before I was with that, I'd probably be in an emotional rush. You know what I mean? Right now I'm just way more focused and like strong minded than I've ever been just because I'm so focused on like my goal and just so focused on, like I said, making like my daughter proud and stuff. You know what I mean? Just have, have, dude, everything changes once you have a kid. Like all those cliches that everyone dropped on me, like all the parents, <laughs> all that thing that people would tell me, it would just like go in one ear and go out the other. It's right. like, they are so real. Dude. It's like insane. Cause now I feel like an old dad when I'm telling my friends that I'm like, dude, they're so real. Like your life changes. And, it does, man. It's insane. I was just with her this morning because I was able to uh, go home last night because we're close to uh, my new place in Philadelphia. And, uh, yeah, man, just, just holding her and looking at her, it's just it's crazy, dude. It's the best thing in the world for sure. You know, with wanting to, you know, have your, you know, your daughter proud of the, the you know, things that you want to do, along with, you know, the legions of fans that, uh, you know, are supportive of your music, you know, how, you know, important, how have you been able to sort of take on that role model figure that you kind of mentioned earlier? I've always tried to, this is my thing, man. I've always tried to let these kids understand that I, I don't really say, I don't, I don't really say to them like this, like, dude, I'm, I'm not your role model. Like, no, it's not that. But to me, it's just like, I want people to understand that I'm flawed just like they are. And I think, I think when you, grab an artist and you understand that they're literally just a human that's just making music and happens to be lucky because I consider myself lucky to be doing what I do. I mean, besides all the hard work, but it's like, it's, it's, it's a blessing. I love it. And I think a lot of, I think a lot of our families has understood that. And I think it goes, a, it goes a long way with like the kind of lyrics and, and content that our music's had, you know, clearly that I'm not perfect. Clearly that I'm not out here like preaching. If anything, I'm just, talking about my problems and you know people still tell me stuff like 
me being their role model or idol, whatever the word is. And it's always, always, you know, so flattering. It's always a compliment, but it's just not something that I expected when I started the band. You know what I mean? I never thought it would ever go that way. Or I would hear the kind of stories that I hear nowadays from our fans. It's, it's, it's insane. Right. And yeah, you've mentioned this a few times, but what, what sort of like conversations are you having with your fans? What are they telling you when they talk to you? I mean, dude, I've had, I've had wild stories. I mean, I've had, especially, you know, on an outlet nowadays, like the internet, because it's such a weird time. When I was younger, I didn't have like, I didn't have Mike Shinoda's or Fretter's Instagram to like DM them and potentially they could have read that ever. You know what I mean? So like, Dude, I mean, a lot of times I go into those messages or, like, my Snapchat, and it's just crazy stories of, you know, people with depression, people wanting to kill themselves and, you know, suicidal thoughts, and they've listened to our music, and they'll say our music saved them, and our lyrics, other, you know, we have so many stories from people in the Army that miss their wives at home, their families, you know, people with drug addiction. It's just, I mean, just so many crazy things, you know. Sometimes it's, like, too heavy for me to read, you know what I mean? And... Yeah, it's just, it's just wild to uh, – it's just wild when you, like, I don't know, you sit in a room or – I don't know, I write all my lyrics because I go. I don't just write them, like, in the studio. So, like, when I'm traveling, I'll always just open my notepad and just, like, write stuff. Even in, like, my crazy party days, I would, like, write stuff in my notepad on my phone, and I wouldn't even know until, like, weeks later when I would just be randomly, like, browsing through them. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's just it's, it's just nuts, man. During the course of being in this band, have you had any sort of those like holy shit moments where something happened where you realized, hey, I could be doing this thing for a long time? Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of things that happened. I mean, like, I mean, to me, along the fact that like legit my literal idols growing up have like, I mean, not every single one of them, but a lot of them have like paid homage to my band and respect and it's crazy i mean like i'll never forget a couple years ago i i'm just sitting i'm just sitting somewhere before playing a show in new mexico and i get a tweet from Corey Taylor from slipknot oh saying how much he loves our band and i'm just like dude i i didn't even know what to think you know what i mean <laughs> like that's one of the dudes that i like grew up looking up to and listening to you know same goes with like jacoby from papa roach like we're playing a festival with them and all of a sudden they're like by our stage when we get off and they're like giving us props, telling us watch it off the record, they're shouting us on the radio, like they're shouting us on Instagram. And those moments to me, it's like, they're so eye opening. Cause like these were the people, I don't know, like when I was a teenager and a kid, I used to watch these music videos and like, yeah, you see these dudes as humans. But to me, I was just like, these people don't even exist. Like these people are like phenomenons. You know what I mean? So, right. Like, that's the way I looked at my favorite bands. So fast forward 10, 15 years later, and now these dudes are like, hey, I like your music. I find the station music. That shit's mind-blowing. But, it, I mean, it's not even just that. I mean, moments like when we went to Japan for the first time, like I'm walking around the city of Shibuya in Tokyo, and we're having kids run to us, like recognizing who we are, like crying. I just, <laughs> that, that shit's unbelievable to me. You know, I mean? you know what I mean? Like that's the other side of the world. It's, right. it's just crazy, man. It's crazy to... Uh, one thing is to touch people in your country, your area, you know, that's just always amazing. But then when you start seeing them, like, on the other side of the world, and, dude, it's just it's just insane. So that always gives me hope that I could actually do this for the rest of my life. It's obvious that, you know, with Siler, uh, 
you guys are, you know, heavily influenced by that, you know, classic era of new metal. But how were you, mm-hmm. a- how were you guys able to sort of breathe new life into it? Because you guys do it very, very, very well. Thank you, man. Well, I think, um, that's a massive compliment, by the way. So I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> but I think a big part is the fact that like, it makes me so stoked how diverse everyone in my band is when it comes to music, but not only diverse, but so open-minded. You know what I mean? Like you have our drummer who's, uh, who's from Kentucky, massive country kid, but also a metal kid. You know, you have me who I'm like from Queens, very much into hip hop. You have my bassist who's into also all that stuff. And then like super like black death metal and R&B. You know what I mean? Like there's just so many different minds that are into different things in this band that I think that always helps at the end of the day. Like we're always so open-minded and open to all sorts of ideas. You know what I mean? Like I was never a country dude, but from touring now with our drummer, he's showing me a bunch of jams and I'm like, yo, this shit is sick. <laughs> and I go out and, and I'll talk about it in interviews. I'm not ashamed because dude, when it comes to music, man, that's the one thing that I like. That's why there's nothing I hate more music than when people like to name something their guilty pleasure. Cause man, I just feel like that. Like when it comes to music, that even that shouldn't even be a term. You know what I mean? I hate right. genres. I hate right. all that stuff. Cause it's like, yo, if you vibe with the song, you vibe with it. That's it. Definitely. You know what I mean? So I just think the fact that like we're all so open-minded has helped us. You know, obviously everyone takes influence from someone else. Everyone, everyone's done it. History repeats itself. But I do like to think that we do bring our own spin, our own feel to it, and that goes. Uh, and I think that happens mostly, like I said, because of how open-minded we are and how much music we all listen to, and how much like even when we don't like a song, we understand why other people like it. You know what I mean? I can honestly say I probably about my. Uh, Myself and the rest of the guys in my band. With the the new album seasons, you know what were you guys thinking about when you were first sort of getting into the whole writing and recording of this band? You know what was sort of the mind state of everybody in the band? It's so crazy, man. Because like right now, this album, I feel like it's the closest. It's the closest we've gotten to what we've always wanted to be. You know what I mean? Because like, I just remember even starting this band and uh i just remember telling people and this is like 2011 2012 and i'm telling people i'm like dude i, I want to be like you know i want to be like a modern band but like having influence but like one park and biscuit and to be honest they're a lot more popular now again than they were around that time when i was starting the band you know what i mean like i feel like people weren't talking about the new metal thing at all I almost feel like it was like a dead thing for a while. Right now, it's it's kind of gone back and a bit more popular. But I've always brought those bands up to people that wanted to join the band. We had I had guitar I had guitarists try out, try to like come in and try to like completely fully change the vibe. And I was like, no, this is what I want. But we were also like a more metalcore kind of band, deathcore kind of band. So it was just like I just knew we had to take steps to reach the sound we want reach. You know what I mean? And we always said that this the third record was going to be the closest that we were going to get to what we wanted to be. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I like to always think about the future too. Cause like I've had people already asking like, so what do you think the next record is going to be? And I'm just like, dude, we just dropped this one. Just <laughs> give us some time. Cause I, I, I don't know where we're going to be on uh, the next record. I don't know if all of a sudden I'm just like, you know what? I feel like I do want to scream a little more at this one or, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. But what I do know is that we've anticipated this record for so long and it's just, I don't know, man. It just it just feels like us. It feels like the closest to what we want to be, and it's it's exciting. It's crazy because actually, when uh, we finished our second album, Help, at a release show, 
the day it released in New York City, our producer came, flew out from California to see us. And I remember I looked at him and I said, yo, the next record is going to be called Seasons. And he was like, what? You already know? And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be called Seasons. And we stuck with it. It's just crazy to think about that trip. How, how do you think you were able to successfully get to this point on this new album, on Seasons, when you know you're coming from the sort of metalcore, deathcore style in your beginnings? How were how you able to you know, successfully get to this point? I uh, mean, I don't know. I just think it's uh, it's what we've. I think it's just what we've wanted to be, and we've also been very consistent because, like, you know, in the years of being in a band, we've seen so many like hype acts come out. They're like the hypest band for like six, eight months. You know what I mean? It's like the band that everyone believes are going to be like God's gift to Earth, and then like they'll just flop. I don't know. We've just seen so many things happen, but we've stayed consistent. We've stayed like. We just stay on a straight line, just doing our thing and making progress. And I think that just helps us, you know, stay strong enough to, you know, live through a lot of these, like, phases. Because there's so many phases in the scene all the time. You know what I mean? And it's just, I'm proud of my guys. For, I mean, we, never mind, we might not be that big of a the scene or however people see us, but we keep growing. And, and we've been steady, consistently just growing. You know what I mean? And I just think that's helped us pave the way to make the record that we wanted to make. We've also never wanted to just like, it's not that we're breaking the rules, but we don't want to just follow what's hot. And we don't want to just follow like a certain wave. We always, we want to be us. We want to be our, our wave, our path, our thing. And we've been working hard as hard as fuck for it for years. And, and I'm just excited where we're at now, you know? How do you feel like you were able to be consistent, you know, and not fall into those fads? And was there anything that you just saw that you're like, okay, we can't do that or we can't do that anymore or we shouldn't do that at all? You know, how did you stay consistent? I mean, a lot of times it's just luckily we have an amazing team of people, family and friends that like help us emotionally, man. Because I've been an emotional break about the band sometimes, you know, like I've been a wreck about it. You know, you go through those moments where you're just like, fuck, this is even going to be a thing. You know what I mean? So luckily as a band also, we're very close. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's always heated moments where we're going to be mad at each other here and there. But at the end of the day, man, something that's been very cool about the band is that we all want the same thing and we all work as a unit. You know what I mean? There's not, there's no such thing as like, this guy gets this, this guy gets that, or, you know, favorites. It's just like, we know what we want. We know that for us to keep doing this, we have to stay strong with each other and we're all we have when we're, we're on tour. You know what I mean? Because we toured so many bands, we go to so many unknown places, and luckily we're always together. We're one of those bands, like, I don't know, man, we go on tour with with some bands where, like, they just don't hang out, they hang out with other people in the bands. Like, us, we're the type of band where, like, if we go on a tour and no one talks to us, we are completely okay with that because we have fun with each other and we like each other. You know what I mean? And believe me, man, it's not something that's very common in the scene. And I see it all the time. You know what I mean? Like, so I just think having each other and helping each other when we're when we're feeling low is uh, is what's really helped us stay on point and you know try to be strong through it because it's not easy. When when you're on tour and let's say the other bands that are on tour are like people who like to hang out with the other bands, like how is that sort of sense of community with other bands important? Oh, it's great, man. I mean, we've made so many. I mean. I, I would like to say a massive part of whatever we've done as a band is also because, like, 
we've made such great friends in the scene, man. A lot of times your music could be cool, but if you're like, honestly, if you're a fucking asshole, no one's going to take you on tour. No one wants to go out on tour with like a cool guy or like a, or a bunch of cocky dudes who think they're going to get to earth. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> I think having friendships is very important, man. It's very important because you never know. We've been in situations on tour when some shit just hits the fan. You know, we have, we've made such a good friend on the tour that they'll help us out. You know what I mean? I mean, it goes, anyone that asks about our band that's story with us, they know we're like a bunch of really down to earth. Like, you know, we're just cool guys, but we're also not like the type to go back into friendship. If someone doesn't, want to fuck with us and they want to just like look down on us we don't fuck with that either honestly people know that shit we don't that right. i don't know that's just how we are <laughs> right this is a question that i really like to uh, ask everybody when i'm uh when i'm interviewing them is that cool. what is something that you know you could sort of extract out of your life as being a part of this band that anybody listening to this uh this interview could sort of take you know take that advice and kind of place it in their own life into uh, something that they could learn from your life and your career. Thing is, man, like I like I said at the beginning of the interview, it's just uh, how scared I was of public speaking, how scared I was of being myself, how scared I was of just like just being the the best me. You know what I mean? Uh, I think a I think a massive part of this being and a big thing. Uh, that's just kept us going. It's the story behind it, how we literally came from nothing. Even myself, man, like when my friends back home see what the band has done and even see the things I'm doing, everyone is just like so shocked because dude, I mean, like, you know, I come with like, I come from a single mom. I grew up with just my brother and a single mom in New York city. You know what I mean? Like we weren't, we didn't really have money like that or anything. And it's just nuts, man. It's just nuts to see what you can do no matter where you come from, if you put your heart into things. And, and that's what I believe is like a massive part of us. It's just how much, how, how many things we've defied, how many people have doubted us and still doubt us. You know what I mean? Especially when we are, when we were like bringing like the hip hop style into the, into the scene, people were still against it. I mean, you listen to like the radio now, the rock radio now, and about 75% of bands are trying to put rap into this stuff. You know what I mean? But there was a time a couple of years ago where people were just shitting on us for it. So I think it's really cool that we've always stuck to being us. And that's, and, and I think, and I think that's starting to show even more now to uh, with the people. So it's just about hard work, man. You know, it doesn't matter who, who doubts you. It doesn't matter what people think of you. If you believe in yourself and you're your biggest fan, you're going to, you're gonna you're gonna do something, you know what I mean, and and, and that's been that's been the main thing with us. Yeah, I've been a big hip hop fan, you know, for most of my life. Yo, who are some of your favorites from hip hop? I mean, dude, this is the thing. I come from like a straight hip hop family. I'm from Queens, so like, right. All my family, my like, uh, my family friends, just I mean, that was my whole environment. You know what I mean, like. I, you know, I grew up listening to Mob Deep, Eminem, Nas, Jay-Z, Big L, Biggie, Tupac, uh, Immortal Technique, Necro. I mean, I can go on forever. I'm not doing, I'm a massive hip-hop guy, you know what I mean? And that's all I knew. It's like, even if I stepped out of my house at the time to like go to the deli to get a sandwich or a bag of chips, a soda, whatever, when I was a kid, all I would hear was just dudes driving by in in the cars and blasting hip-hop. That's all I knew. Right. So... That's why, to me, when I heard, like, Limp Bizkit, I lost my fucking mind. I was just like, dude, what the hell is this? You know what I mean? Because it was, that's such a familiar, like, 
sound and feel, but it was something completely new, you know? And the first thing I ever heard was my way. Right. And I was just like, dude, this is unreal. And then I heard like Roland and then I heard Chocolate Starfish and I heard like Lincoln Park, POD, El Nino. And dude, I lost my mind. I fell in love. It was just like, it was like love at first sight. You know what I mean? Because it just felt so familiar. It just felt so, so familiar. And that's, and I think it's been a beauty, man. I think it's beautiful that like, something like hip hop has been mixed with rock because people don't understand in the rock scene, but so many kids that would have never gotten into the genre of rock are now into it because of bands like those. Right. I would have never known about any of the stuff if it wasn't for a band like Limp Bizkit and Lincoln Park. That's just the bottom line. And you know what? Thanks to those bands, now I'm making my own music. And you know what? There's people that tell me they love it and helps them in one way or the other. So, you know, it's crazy because so many people love to like, try to put down uh, the whole hybrid between both genres, which I think is crazy because I think it's genius and I think it just opens up to so many people that need those songs in their life. Right. I, I always loved it. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like, I think it's the best hybrid, but obviously it's so subjective. But um, yeah, man, I just, I, I just think it's strong. I think it finds kids in the hood, kids in places that don't get the same... I don't know, just don't get the same waves of music that other people do. So I think it's cool, man. And that's and that's something I would love to, to just reach, man. Reach out to kids that I don't know, would just never have the chance to be part of the scene, you know what I mean? And I think it's cool. Right. And there's something that, you know, a lot of people don't really realize is that like a band like Lincoln Park had a huge black fan base. That was like that band mm-hmm. that's you know, black kids in the, the streets loved at that time. Yeah, and it's like, dude, it's crazy because obviously, I mean, there's all sorts of kids, all colors, sizes, and, you know, genders coming out to uh, to our shows. But, like, it's crazy. I mean, a lot of black kids love our music, too, and I love it. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool to see uh, stuff like that in a scene where, you know, there's so much. A lot of times there's a lot of separation, like the rock scene. And, yeah. You know, it's, it, it sucks. So when I see stuff like that at shows, man, it's cool. And I hate to even, like, think about it like that, but that's just our world. That's just what it is. So when I see stuff like that and people coming together, bro, I think it's beautiful. So to know that our band could bring people together like that, man, it makes me so happy. Especially because, like, my band has, you know, people from different places in the world and different uh, nationalities and races. So it's, I don't know. I think it's cool. I love it. Yeah, being that like we're both like sort of hip hop guys, you know, and being that you're from Queens, you know, Queens is always like one of those, you know, important places in hip hop history. Like what, how did growing up in Queens sort of mold the person that you are? Oh, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything. I mean, I'm, I'm a straight product from my surroundings, you know, like easily. I mean, it's, it's shaped the way I listen to music, it's shaped the way I talk, it's shaped my attitude. It's shaped the way I've appreciated things, man. Like I said, I didn't, I'm not going to come here and say I was ever hungry or like I was ever homeless. Cause no, man, my mom busted her fucking ass to make sure my brother and I did our thing. But at the same time, I, I did grow up in the hood. You know, I did grow up not in like the typical neighborhoods that most of the people I meet and on tour, like live through, you know what I mean? It was just a different thing. And when you grow up with like struggle and when you grow up with like, I don't know, there's kind of things in life. When you get older, you just kind of appreciate everything. And I have so much empathy, man. Like, I just I just feel for people, you know, which is such, like, such a blessing and a curse because it's helped me, like, 
I don't know. I just, I just put myself in people's shoes a lot, and I always just feel for people. But a lot of times, I feel for people so much that it affects me emotionally. I'm just, I'm, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that I'm a very emotional person. Like I'm, a, I'm a sponge. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that could like make me sad. You know what I'm saying? I just feel for people big time, and I think a big part of that is the fact that like I've seen a, co- a couple of fucked up things going up. You know, but at the same time, who hasn't? You know what I'm not saying? This is me, but I just, I just. At the end of the day, appreciate where I come from and the way I was raised because it's, it's helped me become who I am and appreciate the little things life has to bring that a lot of other people probably wouldn't appreciate if they didn't go through the things I had to go through growing up. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's been great talking with you. And just um, as I always like to end the, my interviews with the same question. And okay. that question is, is who is somebody that's been a part of your life or career that I could realistically interview for this podcast that would have their own good stories or lessons to talk about? Uh, we need someone with like tour or a team or, um, it could be, you know, it could be anybody it could be a fellow musician, another band, somebody outside of music, you know, somebody, you know, interesting, somebody that's, you know, somewhat known, but, no one like Honestly I think I think I think it would be cool if he like talked to like Caleb from Beartooth. Um he was one of the people that believed in us when we first first started like before our EP. Like, he's the one who produced our EP, helped us out, you know, sent those emails to people saying, Yo, then sick, then has something. Okay. And you know, now we're here. So I think he would be cool for sure. Okay, definitely. Good. That's a good choice. Um, before we get out of here, where can people go online to find out what's going on with Siler, the new album, and tour dates? Well, as far as uh, finding out what's going on with us, you can always just uh, find us on our socials, Siler and Y for Siler in New York. And uh, honestly, if you want to find our music, you can find it anywhere where music is sold because we're everywhere. Awesome, man. It's been great talking with you, man. It's been a great no, interview. No, same, Kelly. Seriously, man. It was, it, it was a dope talk. I always appreciate these. <laughs> no doubt. All right, man. You have a good uh, good day. You know, good luck with everything. Absolutely, Kelly. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. So that was my interview with Jaden Panesso, the front man from the metalcore band Siler. Go pick up their new album, Seasons. It's out now, and I'll definitely have a link to where you can stream or purchase seasons in the show notes of this podcast at freshisthepodcast.com. All right, let's get on to the Fresh is the Word, Fresh Pick of the Week. This episode's pick is the debut album, Stalker, from the Detroit electronic music duo Ectomorph, out now via interdimensional transmissions. Ectomorph, now officially comprised of BMG and Erica, recorded this whole album as is, with only one or two takes in their own studio. There was no editing at all. They just wanted to capture the mood of their live performances, and Stalker is even more haunting than its name. Ectomorph made one of the most dark yet lively albums of the year. While it embraces this murky sound, it's one of the most unique electronic music releases I've heard in a while. It's what techno sounds like on Halloween in Detroit. So go ahead, check out that debut album stalker from ectomorph the link to stream or purchase stalker will be in the show notes for this episode at freshthepodcast.com so another interview is in the books thank you for listening goodbye 
and good night. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.